Hello and welcome to Activism Meet Impact, a podcast as passionate about people and planet. It is somehow already August and this month we're focusing on plastic. Emma has written a phenomenal series of articles about why plastic waste is a problem and what we can do about it. You can read those articles and take action with our impact buttons at www.impactful.novelhand.com. Today, we're sharing Emma's conversation with Jennifer of Beyond Plastics. So just to start off, um, would you mind introducing yourself, what you do, kind of your background? Sure. So my name is Jennifer Congdon, and I'm the deputy director at Beyond Plastics, which is a project out of Bennington College. It was founded by Judith Ank, who's an environmental policy expert and a really dynamic community leader. And we educate, advocate, and organize to end the global crisis of plastic pollution. Um, And what that really means is that we act as a catalyst for action on policies that reduce plastic production, plastic use, uh, promote alternatives, and really importantly, require companies to take responsibility for their waste. Awesome. So why is plastic waste a problem at all? Like, why do we even care about it? It's just, you know, a material that sits in our cabinets. First of all, the numbers are staggering. More than 15 million metric tons of plastic waste washes into the ocean each year. And people, uh, from the time I was a kid, people talked about how long it would take a plastic bag to break down, for example. But what we've learned in recent years is that plastics never really break down or biodegrade. In fact, they break up into smaller and smaller pieces in the environment. And these tiny particles are called microplastics. And as the plastic breaks down, they leach the chemical additives that have been put into making the plastics. Um, These include plasticizers, flame retardants, dyes, and heavy metals. Um, And so these microplastics are now found in the ocean, in freshwater bodies, everywhere really, in Arctic ice, in the air we breathe, um, in the food that we eat, and in our own bodies. So adult humans are ingesting an estimated one credit card's worth of plastic every week. Um, And these particles have been found in human lung tissue and very sadly in the human placenta. So in the environment, plastics can harm the ocean's ability to act as a critical carbon sink by harming uh, the smallest of organisms in the ocean, um, the zooplankton. And sadly, there's really no part of the world left untouched by plastic pollution. So again, it's in Arctic ice, it's in pristine mountain ranges, and it's in the bottom of the Mariana Trench. It's really everywhere. And so, you know, The other thing that I want to say, so there's the oceans aspect, but plastics actually pollutes throughout its whole life cycle. And so um, if you care about climate change, for example, if plastics were a country, they would be the world's fifth largest emitter of greenhouse gases. So they are really 99% fossil fuel and 1% of the chemical additives we talked about earlier. And increasingly in the United States, Uh, we use ethane to make plastic, which is a byproduct of fracking. And so it's really tied up with the the whole fracking boom as well. Okay. So if we just ignored the fact that plastic is everywhere and just kept on living as we do now, um, what do you think would happen just 
if you had to guess? Well, yeah. So in my view, it's not really a, a valid choice. I'm sure some people would like to stick their head in the sand about it because it it, it is an overwhelming problem. Um, but Pew Charitable Trusts, as you know, did a report in 2020 and showed that if we do nothing, then by 2040, the amount of plastic entering the oceans is going to triple from what it is right now. Um, and by 2050, people estimate, scientists estimate that there's going to be more plastic in the ocean than fish by weight. Um, and that that is really scary, you know, the carbon sink thing that I mentioned earlier, um, but also for human food chain. And so even, you know, we don't know everything that happens to plastics if they get inside our bodies, but it can't really be a good thing. And if it's harming the, the fish that we're eating, then that is a problem for global food supply as well. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just, as I mentioned before, um, the ocean impacts, but if it if plastic production grows as it's projected to, the greenhouse gas emissions from plastic could reach over 56 gigatons by 2050. And to put that into perspective, that would be 10 to 13 percent of the entire remaining carbon budget. So it is plastics are a, a, a huge uh, there's a huge connection to climate change. And it's something that a lot of people don't talk about. I think we're taken with the images from the ocean because it is sad to see um, the ocean animals, you know, starving or or ingesting uh, plastics. But the the plastic impact is so much bigger than just that. Um, and so on every front, we can't we can't not act on plastic pollution. Okay. Cool. So yeah, basically like if we ignored it, it would just get even worse. And yeah. it's just going to continue to grow and to have these impacts that we see in the ocean, um, over a million sea creatures a year die of plastic ingestion. So, you know, that's just going to get bigger and, and worse and the, the climate change impacts and frankly, the environmental justice impacts, um, you know, uh, the pollution impacts upstream from uh, at the production at the source are going to get worse as well. Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of plastic that's already put out there. Uh, we've been using plastic for a, quite a long time already. Um, how much effort do you think we'll have to put in to get rid of all of that? And can we even clean all of it up? Do you think? I, I will talk about um, some of the ideas around this, but I, before I say um, about that piece, if your bathtub's overflowing, you don't try to empty it with a spoon, right? You turn mm -hmm. off the tap, you, you, you stop the flow of water into the tub. And that's the same thing with plastic pollution. So we first need to stop the flow of plastic into the environment. Now, that being said, there have been some promising innovations. Um, for example, a student um, from Ireland a few years ago named Fionn Freire won the Google Prize for discovering a way to remove microplastics from water. Um, you can look up his, his experiment. He's very inspiring. Um, I think he is in college in the Netherlands now, and he, he did a, a project with us last June. But he, this kind of thing is going to be important for efforts to remove microplastics from um, let's say the wastewater streams. So like when we wash our polyester clothing, the microplastics from that go into the wastewater and then go get discharged into the ocean and into waterways. 
So removing those microplastics at those point sources is going to be really important for the future and reducing the load of plastics entering the environment. Um, and I think that there is going to be some other innovations in the future um, to help with that. But it doesn't solve the upstream problems. The focus as individuals and as a society right now has to be on turning off the tap. So we have the tools we need today to stop about 80% of the plastic from flowing into the ocean, the environment. Um, but that would really be an all hands on deck approach. It would be all the policies that we know and have available to us implemented at the same time. And it's going to take changes at every level of our economy and our civic life to really stem the tide of the plastic pollution um, and the production. So that's that's our our stance on that. Um, and again, it doesn't you know, just cleaning up the ocean doesn't stop the flow of plastics in. And it also doesn't deal with the pollution impacts at production, which is um, an environmental justice issue. Exactly. So when we're talking about preventing, you know, turning off the tap and preventing pollution. So is it a good idea to focus on making changes in my personal life and using less plastic for me, or should there be a broader focus? Um, well, if you would like to do that, that's lovely. Um, but I, I think there's a saying that we don't need 1% of the population doing zero waste 100% correctly. We need 100% of the population doing zero waste you know, 10% correctly. It's just so much more impactful when we act as a group. So individuals do need to be moved to act, but really part of as part of a growing movement. Um, and in talking to their policymakers about making changes. And they have to be ready for those changes, but it can't all fall on the individual um, to act. It has to be a systemic change. And so corporations need to feel that pressure to initiate changes. I think some of them are, but we have to keep up that pressure. And governments need to adopt laws and regulations that really drive uh, dramatic reductions in plastic production. Um, again, plastic pollution is an environmental justice issue, and the people who live in close proximity to oil and gas extraction, plastic production, massive landfills, incinerators, and polluted waterways are really disproportionately people of color and low-income people. So our work to end plastic pollution as a society has to focus primarily on the need to reduce plastic production. Um, in part because so much of that pollution that we don't talk about necessarily, uh, you know, we talk about the ocean impacts, but so much of the pollution from plastic happens way before it even becomes litter in the environment. Okay. Yeah, that's, I really am interested in the environmental justice aspect of that. We do talk about it a lot at Novel Hand, um, yeah. but I hadn't thought about that in terms of plastic production. Um, that is really interesting. It is. And, you know, we, we really push two, um, two messages. One is that we cannot recycle our way out of the crisis. So recycling is great, but it, the plastic recycling has been an abysmal failure. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it works great for uh, resources that are infinitely recyclable, like metal and glass, paper, um, but plastic really 
gets downgraded as it gets recycled. And so it's not the best candidate for recycling and the collection of it has been really horrible, but that's it. It's really that it's not a great material for recycling. Um, and there's only markets for one, two and five uh, plastics right now anyway. Um, and cleanup, focusing on cleanup, while cleanup is great, but focusing on it is a, is a false solution. Both of these are. And it's because these things ignore the upstream pollution caused by plastic production and its effects on fence line communities. Okay. So what sorts of solutions to reducing just the amount of plastic we produce have you seen already? Have you seen anything promising that you're excited about? Sure. So, um, I mean, reusables and refillables, I know it's like old fashioned, you know, bring your own bag and bring your own coffee mug, but these are actually really important policies. And so having systemic policies that support that kind of thing or even require those things to happen are great. Um, plastic bag bans, for example, um, and other bans on wasteful single-use items um, are some of the things that we've seen happen that are really great. New York State, New Jersey, Maine, um, a couple of other places have uh, have pretty strong single-use plastic bans, um, and they ban various uh, various things. Sometimes it's stirrers and cutlery, and sometimes it's plastic bags and other things, styrofoam, things like that. So those bans are really important for driving down um, consumption of plastics, and and that reduces the demand. And so hopefully that will start to send the the right market signals that like this is not gonna gonna work. Um, and there's some there's a few market innovations in this realm. Um, I can think of some uh, like Loop, for example, which is an online food uh, shopping where you return the containers. Plain Products is like a, a personal care line where you return the the containers. They're stainless steel or tin containers and uh, for shampoo and conditioner, and you return them um, in the mail and refill. Uh, I'm trying to think of a couple of other there's there's a bunch out there if you look, but again, you know, those are lovely and they're sort of consumer driven, but more of that stuff as we prove that it works and can happen needs to be made the way things need to be. So on that note, um, there's actually a big push right now to create these systemic policies that put the responsibility for managing waste back onto the producers. And these, the, the general um, name for this type of policy is called extended producer responsibility. Um, for short, it's EPR. And uh, if you have a bottle bill in your state, that is a, a sort of like EPR light, you know, the, the bottlers have to take back the, um, the bottles. Um, but there can, there can be more requirements in the law for how much of that uh, waste has to be recycled and and reused so there's a movement afoot in in the country to to really get some of these laws off the ground and central to the to epr is the concept that those who profit from the waste should be responsible for managing the waste and if they're designed correctly they create financial incentives for companies to reduce their packaging 
design for recyclability, limit packaging toxicity, which is shockingly very common, um, and create systems that make it easier for people to recycle. So that EPR is, is I think, where we're headed in the future. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. Do you know anything about like the circular economy or ideas related to that? Um, how some companies are starting to shift to like bring back your gear, bring back whatever we've, you know, you've used and then now it's broken and we'll turn it into something better. Um, you know, I, I know more about the packaging pieces. Like I said, I mentioned plain products and loop. That's where, you know, you get uh, your black beans delivered in a, in a stainless steel container. And then at the end, when you've used it all, you ship it back and they refill it, they wash it and refill it. And so you never have any of that packaging waste. Um, for other things like, you know, if it's broken, I, I would love to hear some, uh, some innovative ideas about, um, you know, actually reusing the, the products itself. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the waste that we see out in the environment is single use plastics. It's things related to, um, a lot of it is food. Uh, so I think 70, it's over 75% of waste found in the environment is actually related to fast food consumption. So a lot of it are these convenience products and things that we use one time. And the, the average life of a single use item is less than 15 minutes. So we're using these things for less than 15 minutes and then they are existing in the environment forever because they remember they're not biodegrading, they're breaking into microplastics and causing problems even at like the microscopic level. Um, so I think that's what we focus on is the single use plastics. Like we don't focus on medical waste or, or um, you know, other, other products uh, that are, have more longevity. We really focus on the stuff that's like the, the fast and simple and easy. And frankly, we've, we have not lived with this stuff for that long, right? <laughs> So plastics have been around, you know, since what the the forties, but we have not. A lot of these convenience, single use convenience items are new, and like straws, for example, we say for most people, you just don't need one. You have lips; you can just drink. So you know, there's there's a lot of ways um, to to work around some of these uh, these single use convenience items and. We can just refuse single use and that is going to be a huge part of the the waste that leaks out into the environment and then we can work on some of the other stuff but i i love i love the idea of of circular economies i think that's mm -hmm. it's got to be the way of the future yeah i just know i'm involved with you know outdoor brands and things like that um just because of the work that i do and so i know that some companies are starting to say hey bring back your old stuff we'll repair it for you things like oh. that yeah, that's great. And I, I know some of the um, some of the companies are also doing like send us your stuff and we recycle it back like we do the fabric recycling back into mm -hmm. the, the clothes that we're selling again. And that's that's actually an example of extended producer responsibility. Um, and those brands are taking an initiative to do that. But that kind of responsibility needs to be the the rule and not the exception. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So um, you've been talking a lot about single use plastics being something that we can just like really, we, that's what we need to focus on getting rid of. Um, what would you say to people who feel like there's kind of a cost 
barrier to that where it feels like, oh, it's just cheaper and easier to get the single use and move on rather than investing in something that's more durable? Well, um, I would say that, uh, again, bringing it above the individual, like beyond them, uh, plastics are artificially cheap. So we are externalizing a ton of the costs of plastics, or we, the companies making plastics and making money off plastics, are pushing the costs of plastic. And it's costing society a lot of money. Um, they're pushing the costs off to municipalities, to ocean users, to fence line communities. And so if the idea with an EPR policy is that the costs are put back onto the producer. And so they'll have to figure out a way to incorporate that. And they might make plastic more expensive, for example. Maybe if it was more expensive, the other the alternatives would be more um, realistic. So, and again, we're paying for it already. The, the costs of plastics have been socialized. We're, pay, we're paying for it as a society. Um, and the oil and gas industry and the chemical industry are laughing all the way to the bank. So we need to push that cost back onto them and drive the market change from, from that perspective. Okay, that's a really good, I like that a lot. That's pretty cool. Yeah, thank you so much. You are so welcome. 